This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Um, hi, I'm Grace Marquez. I am an artist and I am here on the Big Scuba Podcast to talk with Ian and Gemma. It is scuba doo doo <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome back. This is the Big Scuba Podcast. My name is Ian, I'm one of the hosts, and also with me is my lovely co-host, Gemma. Hello. <laughs> who had to think about her name just then. So, it's a delay on Zoom. <laughs> yes, it is. That's what it is. Um, so welcome back. Thanks for downloading this episode. It's good to have you with us once again. Yeah, it is. Yeah, all where, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, isn't it like 98 countries we go 99 to? 99, last, last time I looked. 99. Yeah, so 99. 100, it'll be like, woohoo. Woohoo, 100. Oh, one who's going to be the 100th country. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled. Yeah, so that'd be good. Anyway, uh, so this is a really good episode again, uh, I like to say, because we have a really exciting, positive and fun guest with us this time yeah, colorful i'd call it a colorful episode i like that yeah i'll go colorful and uh art is the name the game in this one yeah art fine arts from the underwater world but hold on isn't this a scuba diving podcast yeah <laughs> yes but we cover all aspects we're not just about diving it's all about the underwater world and anybody that has some connection to either the underwater world or on top of the water yeah it's very true and uh, so grace marquez hopefully i've got the name right um she no great guest and so she will get to that in a moment but is basically a painter and has turned a hobby into her living yeah an artist and that's all arise rose even from diving uh, uh, diving and scuba experience yeah yeah and she's just a, a lovely person as well really happy and yeah fun to talk to yeah that is so uh, before we do that so what's this podcast about well we just mentioned it a little while ago but we are called the big scuba and it came out of being scuba divers me being a baby scuba diver you being a bit more mature how many dives have you done 21 okay so, yep, sweet 21. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> I can remember them well, only a few years ago. Just a distant memory for you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes, so that's how it all started. But we talk to people from the diving world who have got scuba diving in, in their life in one way or another. And that doesn't just include people that just dive. It includes people that do marine conservation artists we've even spoken to astronauts that have to have an element of scuba in their training to become an astronaut so yeah, it yeah. is a world full of variety in the scuba world and i'd be your friendly dive master hanging around at the back as they do um so yeah i've done about 250 dives been diving about four or five years dive master for Two, three of them. I think I, I lose track. Where the years, the years go? Because life's so much fun, it whizzes by. 
certainly do. And then together, as you said, we just like talking to interesting people who have done some interesting stuff mm. under the water. They're not all big names. They are just people that are really passionate about diving. So we've spoken to some, yeah, very interesting characters. Yeah, yeah. And I think also we should say, uh, as we are recording on the Sunday to go out for Monday, happy Father's Day. Yeah, belated but happy father's day if you listen to this in the uk but anyway if you're a father and you're listening happy days exactly yeah hello to my dad and hello to my squids <laughs> hello to my dad <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah and you know we we do know quite a few fathers in the, in the world of scuba diving so hello to you and in fact talking about that um you know we last year we spoke to father and son diving team didn't we yeah yeah rob thomas and his dad michael thomas and yeah so if you haven't listened to that go back to episode 19 mm-hmm. no, 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 19 and uh, download that one and have a listen to them they are uh, well known in the diving world for their cave diving and exploring and going down into muddy holes and <laughs> finding things so and looking at stuff so uh, and they're always on social media sharing what they see and what they're yeah. what, what you know, where they're exploring stuff and the other really good thing about it they're very much um advocates of uk diving as well so that's yeah even more relevant now that we are sort of stuck in the uk with travel being a bit more difficult so yeah they've really and rob thomas is very much in with the youths yeah <laughs> He is there with uh, on Facebook with uh, young young divers international, isn't it? Yes. Can yeah. Look at that? Yeah. So uh, look that up if you're on Facebook. Have a look, and uh, that's a really great group, positive group, lots of positive-minded people talking about diving, as you know, as, as we do. Us divers all like to talk about diving, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Asking questions and getting advice. Yeah. Um, so talking about that, you know, uh, we haven't actually dived since our last episode, have we? No. One reason or another. And, um, uh, you know, work and things like that and life gets in the way of diving at times, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, well, we've got a trip booked to the Farne Islands at the end. of. Oh, so can't wait for that. <laughs> and then, yeah, we will get a bit of diving in before that because we need to brush up on a few things. Yeah, so you look for a torch, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So any advice from people out there? Happy. Yeah, what torch to go for? There's quite a few brands out there. We have approached a few brands, but it's always good to get our listeners' point of view on uh, what torch do you think Gemma should go for as a newbie diver. Not You're not really looking to go down the tech route or anything no, like that. No, no. No, something that would be nice and bright. I, I, I said to you about... A th- Go for something that's about a thousand lumens, you know, as minimum. Yeah. There's some nice little torches out there for about that. Yeah, something that's easy to use and yeah, for a new diver. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and also a dive computer. Yes, that's another thing that's got. I have got a Mares dive computer, but yeah, we're looking to kind of acquire a permanent one. So any yeah. advice again um, for a new diver, not, not thinking about anything technical. So just something that's easy to use, easy to see under the water. Any advice, welcome. Yeah, and uh, there are, again, many brands out there. We can think quite a few. Mm-hmm. Shearwater, we had them on, on the last episode. Sinto, yeah. uh, 
yeah, Aqualung do another one, Mares, another one, Scuba Pro, you know, there's quite a few. So it's always good hearing our listeners' point of view on what dive computer you use and uh, what one you think Gemma should go for. Yep, yep. So either comment on the podcast or send us a DM or comment on our social media posts. Yeah, that'd be really good. Also, um, you know, we like to mention our um, certain partners and you know we do we are fortunate by having some really great partners um, who help us and support the podcast don't we yes yeah yeah we've got some really reactive partners and yeah they're always there and always yeah sort of happy to help if we ask any questions and yeah they're, they're right there on the button they certainly are and uh, thank goodness for them but there is the odd one or two who are not <laughs> no I'm not going to mention names, but if you are listening to this, you know, we are waiting to share some news, guys. So, uh, you know, can't we really say too much more, you know, because I want to name and shame, but they know who they are. Just have to wait until another episode. Might be the next one. Might be I know. <laughs> so we had this episode all lined up for to go, to go, and we were waiting for certain, certain partners, certain Part- blue, <coughs> blue partners, <coughs> And uh, where are they? Come on, guys. Come on. You know who you are. Did Let's have the final details so we can get sharing with everybody. The great news. That's what we're talking about. Come on. Uh, there we go. So anyway, that's that. But we had you have some great partners and uh, including them. And uh, they're great. And uh, they're just, you know, late. Anyway, Happy Bottles is a great partner. Hey. We like happy bottles and we use happy bottles. We do, yeah. And we've got some other new happy bottles to unpack. So that's yeah. going to be done shortly. But yeah, they're a great little group of people. And we have a discount code for people to use that people are using, which is great. Guess what discount code is? Oh, my big scuba. Yes, big scuba. So uh, look that up. And they are funky and they keep your, your water, your, your cold drinks cold and your hot drinks hot. They certainly do. And we've tried and tested them. And I actually took a cup of tea out on my cycle yesterday. And that kept, even my dad said, I bet it's not hot. He said, I bet it's any warm. And it was lovely and hot. Yeah, it is. They toast, they work. They, you know, they're brilliant. So uh, they'll come in all funky colours. So there we go. Yeah, they come in sustainable packaging. And obviously it replaces single-use plastic as well. So yeah. And let's just say hello to O3. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my, well, ours, we've got some lovely and really great and snazzy um, semi-dry suits. We have, yeah. Yeah, mine fitted like a glove. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yours needs a little adjustment. <laughs> Only a little. Yeah, tiny. Only a little. Only a little. It's a bit long in the leg. So uh, I had to have the same adjustment on my dry suit. So, um, yeah. 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 So we should get that. They're going or yours is going back tomorrow. And then we should get the finish. Yeah. Being whizzed away and then we'll get it back and then we're going to get tested. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't wait. So it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Something a bit new. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to that. Anyway. So uh, that's kind of it. We've done a little bit of name and shame. <laughs> Let's get on to our guest. 
I know, I couldn't resist. But anyway, um, I want to say thank you to all, everybody who does help support this podcast. Um, we have got a really great guest. We always try and get some exciting guests coming up. And stay put because we've got some really fun ones coming on as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that would be really good. And also, um, you can help support the podcast just by telling your friends about us. Yeah. I know, I know you kind of, you think really, but yes, you can just, just tell your friends, get them listening uh, to all the, the sight and fun guests that we have on. Um, and that helps us get pushed up the old rankings on iTunes and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Or leave us a review on iTunes, make a comment again, you know, we're there on email, we're there on social media all the time. So you can contact us in lots of different ways. Yes, please do. So uh, there we go. So like, share and subscribe. Absolutely. So shall we have a little listen to Grace Marquez? Yeah, this is really good. And uh, don't forget to look at her website at the end because she's got some fantastic art. Yeah. Look really good on your wall. Yeah, yeah. She's got a website and a shop and uh, you can message her. And if you wanted a commission even as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Things like that. And lives by Niagara Falls. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the wonders of the world, Niagara Falls. Go, and she lives right near it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting. So really good to chat to her. Right, let's do it. Okay, so this is episode 77 and it's Grace Marquez. Doobadoobadoo! Hello! 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 Hello. <laughs> how are you guys? Hi, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, really well. Yes, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, late afternoon here. What, early? Is it? Okay, wonderful. So it's is it uh, nice summer weather there now? It is at last. Yeah, thankfully, it's been about twenty degrees today. I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect for diving. I was actually listening to a few of your podcasts about diving in the area before um, joining you guys, and I'm really interested because I want to visit some family that have recently moved to the UK. Cool. Well, if you're sitting comfortably, we'll begin. How about that? Sure. Okay. Sure. So Grace Marquez, um, I hope I pronounced your name right. Marquez, yep. Marquez, uh, yep. welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. Um, we've got Gemma on the line and yourself and me, and we're talking to you. Uh, we're in the East Coast on the UK, and you are in Ontario, isn't it, in Canada? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm in Fort Erie, Ontario. So you're right near Niagara Falls? Yep, very close to that. Wow. Yes. Have you been? Oh, yeah. I love it. I I go almost every other day just because it's a beautiful part of the region with the escarpment and the river. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah. Do you ever get tempted to go over in a barrel? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I've gone over to check out the other side of the falls to see what it looks like. I think we definitely have the better view, but uh, um, some epic hiking on the escarpment in Niagara. So, yeah. Controversial talk so early in the podcast. Pardon me? Oh. <laughs> American friends will be going, are you sure? That's right. I'm sure. I'm fairly sure. <laughs> we don't know. We, we've never been. So uh, we'll take 
we'll, we in Parshawn will take your view on it as correct. So uh, that's brilliant. So, uh, you know, tell us a little bit, you know, from what we understand, you are a instructor, cave diver, tech diver, and you have a great uh, eye for art. You're an artist and you paint in acrylic, I understand. Yes. 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 Right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into diving? What got you started? Um, I, so the diving I had always wanted to do ever since I was really young, but never had an opportunity, at least at the time when I was young, I didn't realize how active the dive scene was in the Great Lakes region, because my perception of diving had always been these tropical locations and the warm water destinations. So it really wasn't until, um, we took a family trip to the Philippines in two. 2009 or 2008 in and around that time and it was really fun because my cousins joined and it was just a fun um, kind of youthful trip for all of us to be together and we island hopped in the Philippines and um, that was really we, we traveled to Palawan which is very well known for diving, actually. And um, we signed up for Discover Scuba Diving in Palawan. And it was insanely beautiful, insanely beautiful. It was gin clear water. And I remember it couldn't have been any more than 20 feet of water. And we were surrounded by these giant coral heads. And it was the first time I had seen Nemo in the anemone and I, my mind was just blown. It was, it was really incredible. It was um, pretty special for a discover scuba diving experience. And um, as soon as I came home, I signed up and did my open water certification. So I was certified in Lake Ontario, which is very different from the warm waters of Palawan, but um, once I got certified here, I realized I met the divers here. I started diving locally and I realized that there was an actual very active dive scene here. And the Great Lakes are incredible for diving. The more you are exposed to, but it's mostly wreck diving. There's some drift diving in the St. Lawrence River and the Niagara River. Um, w- deep walls, if you enjoy wall diving. Yeah. It's really spectacular. So most of my experience is actually cold water diving in the Great Lakes. Okay. I, I did one, I think I did uh, one year of diving in a seven mil wetsuit and realized that was enough for me and got my dry suit. <laughs> and not easy to get on, are they seven mil? Um, it's not. It's, uh, I actually found my seven mil again just recently and thought I would, try it on just for fun. And I couldn't believe I could actually squeeze into that thing. It's crazy. I'm much, much happier in the dry suit these days, but yeah, my, most of my diving is cold water diving. Um, obviously with dive travel, we're fortunate, at least before the pandemic, hopefully things will open up again soon. It looks like it will, but, um, started to get exposed to other things, including cave diving. So when I started diving with my dive shop that I actually teach for, which is Dan's dive shop, um, we, there's an annual February trip to cave country in Florida. Yeah, it was beautiful. So that was my first experience diving in the Springs. And I think it was 2012. 
And my mind was once again blown. There's like, my mind's always blown every time I'm exposed to something well, new. So you went from open water diver in what, 2009, 2010, and you was in, by three years, you was really tech diving? No, 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 not tech diving. So in, in I did my K training via NAWI, NAWI okay. Tech. And the first level of cave, cave one, yeah. you are able to do um, a 200 foot penetration into the cave. Right. Um, is essentially, it, it's, well, it's cavern. I did my cavern first, let's be clear. Yeah. And then I did a cave one level. Okay. And, and cave one level, um, you can dive those caves without decompression. So, um, you just have to mind your gas and mm. mind your time, mind everything, make sure you're out of the cave in due course before you hit your NDL. And yeah. then I, I got dives under my belt there. And then when oh. I did my, uh, my decompression training, I, I went to the full cave route. So the, the springs were just incredible. And that opened my mind up to a whole new world. Like the first time I entered the cave at um, Orange Grove in in Pe- Peacock Springs. I don't know if you guys have been, but it's it's really quite something. Okay. Um, the sound of the water exiting the opening of the cave when your bubbles are hitting the ceiling. You know, my mind was just racing. My heart was thumping because you hear all these crazy things about the overhead environment. And I thought the cave was trying to swallow me. But, you know, you get you get in there and you realize how incredibly beautiful it is and how peaceful and calm it is. And then when you turn around and you start to see that light zone again, it's just so spectacular. So I think with every level of cave tra- uh, dive training, actually, it's just been mind blowing. And yeah. the, I'm, I'm constantly in awe of what there is to see underwater. Just incredibly fortunate to be able to experience those things. Yeah. yeah. So you have gone down the tech route, have you? Online I have. Yeah. I have. So, you know, obviously with, um, uh wreck diving a lot of the wrecks that are better preserved not all of them but a lot of them that are better preserved tend to be at the deeper depths and it's not even i'm not necessarily even talking about 200 feet even at you know 110 feet you're going to reach your ndl fairly quickly and you're going to need to fairly quickly even with nitrox so i thought well i would like to hang out here a little bit longer and actually see more of the wreck and take my time and take some video so that's really what prompted me to do the decompression training, just so that I could stay. Like one of my favorite wrecks is just here in St. Catharines, which is not too far from me. And it's our local wreck. Um, we call it the Tiller wreck because it's, though it's unnamed, um, it's still, it's pre 1800s because it still has the tiller arm. It's not oh. for steering. It's actually the tiller arm. So that is one of my most favorite wrecks. And it's just, an, it's our backyard wreck, but it's at like 115 feet. And I, I never, never tire of diving that wreck. It's just, yes. stunning. yeah, I usually just do the one dive on it, but I like to do the lo- one long dive and just enjoy everything. Yeah, so yeah. It's well preserved, is it? Pardon me? It's well preserved, is it? It's it's still in decent shape. I think um, over time, the railing on the the port side mm-hmm. sections of it have collapsed, and I think um, you know it's one of our the shop's big man mandates is to really train good divers right from the get go, right 
right from day one. And that's with buoyancy and trim. So, you know, when you get inexperienced or ill-trained divers, the tendency is to want to hang on to things to stabilize. So that may or may not have caused some things. It's also, um, it's in the shipping channel, which is kind of scary. So the Welland Canal is very close to that area and the shipping shipping channel is there, the shipping lanes. So um, that's certainly a concern like mm. for us because that is our kind of our, our precious local shipwreck and we wanna ensure that it is actually preserved for a very long time for divers, but it is actually in very, very good shape. The structure is fully intact. Yes. the hull and you can with proper training obviously if you're trained to do wreck penetration you can actually enter it and swim through the cargo holds the silt oh, wow. is quite high quite high but there's there's enough clearance overhead that you can actually swim I'm into sure. one cargo hold and exit out the other end and it's really lovely mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sure. it's beautiful it's like a pirate ship you know when i was a kid that's kind of what i thought a pirate ship might look like and the mass have toppled over on the side they actually dove it just yesterday and uh they had ridiculously good is it steel are we talking a steel hull no it's wooden that is wood okay yeah it's in very good shape it's the fresh water right uh i think with with the cold temperatures of fresh water those wrecks tend to be preserved a little bit uh longer over time so um, it doesn't have some of the same challenges as saltwater wrecks might mm-hmm. have, especially especially in the metal wrecks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so oh. pretty much marine life. On there, the- you know, it's not Nemo. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not the colorful fish. Um, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. In the shallower depths, there are a lot of very colorful fish. In in at those depths uh, on those wrecks, it tends to be more uh ling cod. Um they they're kind of a or a burbot they're also known as a burbot um sort of eel-like but not eel-like and they're not necessarily as colorful unless you have a light that you can actually shine to see some of the color of the fish um but there is uh depending on where you are yeah there's a lot of marine life like certainly in the saint lawrence river um some of the wrecks there have a ton of marine life on on it and and you can swim it go underneath it and you'll see where the the fish hang out on the bows or or if it's overturned they're kind of sheltered underneath so not quite like you know saltwater diving in in the philippines or the maldives but certainly we have our share yeah Do, do you still instruct do you still teach i do so Um, We are just now starting to ramp up again now that uh, some of the lockdown is lessening. We've been in lockdown for quite a while here. And, um, you know, things like outdoor pools, we finally have access to one to make it safe for everyone. And I love teaching at outdoor pools because you get to enjoy the summer as well. But um, yeah, we're, we're ramping up the teaching again. And then we teach right through Actually, we teach right through the winter because there's always something to learn. There's dry, dry suit training. Obviously, yeah. you get the full benefit of it in the colder months. So it can go right through. And then ice diving training even. So there, as long as uh, um, most of our divers stay active right yeah. through the winter, um, especially if uh, the ice um, stays away or there's certain certain shore dives that you can do where it doesn't um, ever freeze over because of the winds so huh? there's all access to open water yeah wow yeah. it does it sounds cold it, for the winter 
it's a, it gets a little nippy. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, we prepare, we prepare, we have uh, kind of, you get used to knowing how to connect and disconnect. What's that? Heated vest. Uh, oh, I have a heated vest, but I've never actually used it here. I've used it out in Newfoundland and because oh. um, the ocean's fairly cold out there but uh i used i don't necessarily turn it on through the whole dive it's only when i really start to feel the chill i'll, I'll turn it yeah. on and i usually just turn it on and off just to regulate my temperature because i, I actually like cold water diving i prefer the cold water <laughs> yeah it is and i think it depends on what you get used to quite a lot isn't it and um it's like i was we were diving on saturday and um it was in shallow water we were clearing a river out uh with uh with some um as an organization that we were helping and i normally use my chest in uh you know inflation inflation yeah and i couldn't use it because we we're so shallow oh and as soon as you'd like turn to raise your hand i was nearly out of water <laughs> and it was oh. easier just to use the bcd which i don't normally use i normally do everything with my dry suit Oh, I see. I, I, was I, like, I was like, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that because now I've got to try and get the air out again. It's just so much easier just to use the BCD when, when you're in like two metres of water. Yeah. In the yeah. But yeah. so filthy. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were talking about doing it in a wetsuit. And I was like, mm, no. No, no. No, because everything we picked up yeah. was just like mud and yeah, thick of it. We just oh, get wow. Outs of it, you know. So uh, it was good experience, and you know, it's um, it was for a good cause. We're put, picking up tires, and okay, you know, they've been dumped in the rivers and that. Yeah, but it's quite murky. That's great. Good Those cleanup dives are fun. It's a good excuse to kind of have guilt-free silting. <laughs> yeah, and Jem got some dirt on her dry suit as well. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You have to get dirty. You think, oh. <laughs> there you go. You're, it's earning its stripes. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the initiation, yeah. 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 That's good. So with your art, how did, did that come before diving or after diving? You know, um, I had, so I had, I had gone to school for fine arts. I did my BFA um, at Queen's and did fine art training. And then when I graduated, ended up going down the digital route. So um, ended up in computer graphics and kind of worked my way through my career in on the computer graphics side and um, ended up becoming a creative director, worked at marketing and advertising agencies. But I had always kept it up painting. Even, even when I traveled, I painted whatever I saw. And then life kind of happened and I, I found myself less motivated to paint. And I actually stopped completely for about 10 years. And then um, when I started diving again, um, there was uh, probably about, I want to say five years, five years into my diving again, I started picking up my sketchbook again for something other than work and just for pleasure. And then I found, it's funny how life works, you know, you, you go through periods and then it wasn't until then that I realized how much I missed it because mm. I hadn't done it in so long and I, I didn't think I needed it anymore. But what I found the difference was um, the diving gave my art something really 
interesting for me to do. It wasn't just um, painting vacation photos of the beautiful landscapes, although that was really fun. Mm. Now it was just, I was trying to recreate that sense of wonder, that sense of awe when you experience something for the first time or, or those moments that are seared into my memory of, of diving these different places, the things that make it special, you know, like when the light shimmers on fish and, yeah. and they, they're grouped together and they're moving with the anemone or um, kind of when wrecks are, they look haunted and it's haunting to kind of dive it in the mist and it's eerie, but it's also beautiful at the same mm -hmm. time. Like those are the things I found that I wanted to represent and I wanted to paint. And yeah. I was painting just for myself, painting, going to a studio in Toronto at the time I lived in Toronto, just to paint regularly and weekly. And I was really encouraged um, by the artist of the studio. She ran the studio, Milena, she's just wonderful. And she really encouraged me to do more paintings of what obviously I'm, I'm in love with, with, yeah. which is the water world. And that the two of those things coming together really kind of changed things. And she, they really, um, it was interesting having conversations with people when people would see my art, because I, was, I know you guys are really into talking and promoting diving to even non-divers so that they can mm -hmm. see, kind of understand what, how special it is. And that's exactly what I found was happening with non-divers because they would see my art and they would ask me a lot of questions and they would get curious about the water world. And one of the most complimentary things a non-diver has ever said to me is that she said, your paintings make me less afraid of the water, yeah. you know, so, which is great. Cause you know, there are people who are really fearful of the water and, and don't understand the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, I, I get that. I'm looking at your uh, website and uh, as we talk and look at your pictures and when you look at your pictures like uh, Turn the Dive, um, Cenote Cathedral and Ice Tunnel, they're quite bright colours aren't they? Although you know they're blues and the purples and they're, they're bright, they're light aren't they? And it, it does come over, you know they're not because yeah. you no know, diving can be quite dark experience. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know, especially when you're going deep and what have you. But it's nice that you are you've captured the light in a lot of your uh, pictures. The the, I mean, when when I don't know. I guess it's just my my memory of those places. It's just it. Although I know it's in darkness, like in the caves there, mm. there and the darkness is very peaceful. Um, but when you shine your light on specific things. Even in shallow reef diving, when you shine your light on the corals, the, yeah. the color is so much more uh, vibrant when you see the light that is actually absorbed by that water. So it's that's kind of what I want people to understand. It's not just blue. It's not just yeah. darkness. There is life down there. And, you know, with the proper tools and equipment, you can actually see what the life is down there. You can imagine what... Uh, cave might have looked like before it was full of water yeah. as a dry cave and the beautiful rocks and the beautiful colors in the rock and how how the planet shaped these beautiful places so 
I guess they are bright. You never, I never really noticed that. Um, but there's so much color. I think that's what is seared in my memory is that there really is a lot of color, even in, in the shipwrecks. I was dying. We dove Lake Erie um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, maybe it was just a week ago, but it was a new to me wreck. And uh, there were those lingcods, the burbot sleeping everywhere, like <laughs> everywhere. I've never seen so many. And, and, and Matt from the shop was saying, it's like that scene from that, that, that Indiana Jones movie where all the snake are everywhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, because there were so many burbot just sitting on the deck and yeah. the engine or the, the um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Everything. Yeah, that's it. And it was unnerving, but at the same time, when, you know, you shine your light and you actually see these aren't ugly creatures, they have color and beauty as well. Even when I shine my light to see what it act, the scales would actually look like, I thought, wow, these things are actually really beautiful, you know? And, and even, you know, I, I joke about how the fish here aren't as pretty as, as in the warm waters, but they certainly have their own beauty. And when you, when they are in light, that's really when you see them. So, you know, I know I have friends who are, are very fearful of even dipping a toe in the great lakes because it's dark and scary, but it, it there's some really beautiful spots for sure. Yeah. And it does follow on from what we've talked about, isn't it? Because uh, we were talking to somebody, uh, the episode literally now come out today uh, about shore dive and in the UK. And we mentioned about having a torch and it's a reason, a simple, and it's a, uh, a real good tool to have with you on a dive, even in shallow waters. And as you say, because you you just shine at a fish and all of a sudden it's like, well, that's a surprise. I didn't realise it's got a red in it. And yeah. Orange, those sort of colours. And that all of a sudden it stands out. What, yeah. you know, and uh, they react different as well. Yeah. You know, when yeah. they see a light, all of a sudden they're like flick about and things like that, which, yeah. is, which is really good. I definitely think if even if you're diving in the day, having a light, a torch with you, you will see kind of the accuracy of the more accurate colors and, and it's mm-hmm. more truthful colors of these creatures and, and these plants or the rock formations. Because, you know, again, water absorbs all that light, but um, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice, I think, if you're not diving with a torch regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, photos and videos when you're diving to then bring back to give you kind of inspiration for your art. That's exactly why I do it. So I use a little GoPro. It's served me very well. Um, I find I don't really, I'm not a, a photographer at all. Like, and my art certainly is not photographic renderings. And there are photographers who do a fantastic job of capturing the realism of these places. Mm-hmm. And I leave it to them. Um, I just carry a small GoPro and I take video on my dives and I let it run. And then what I do is when I get back, I'll watch the videos. I'll pull stills from it. There are scenes that I, I, I it jogs my memory of those dives. And then I start to form those pictures in my head. But oftentimes when I'm diving, um, I'm already seeing, oh, that's going to be a good painting or <laughs> that's an interesting composition. Like I actually start to see the paintings in my head and I I, um, I have gigabytes worth of videos um, from my dives, not, not all my dives because I've had external drives die on me, but um, that's how I keep 
the records and the memories of it. And then, and then I translate that into my paintings. Yeah. yeah. Kind of in your mind's eye as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to make more of a habit of not living the dive through the video <laughs> because I want to actually see what I'm looking at. So uh, what I tend to do is just turn on the light. It's on a on a, um, a tray, turn on the light, turn on the GoPro and then let it run and then just kind of enjoy the dive as I go. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I them like that. So um, you mentioned wall dives and that's one of my favorites as well uh, there's one in the Farne islands that we have done and um it's absolutely just full of light it's about 20 meters so what's that uh about 60 foot drop and you just keep the wall to your side to the side either left or right and it is absolutely full of life crabs and little anemones and dead man fingers and all sorts what, what's what's that dive site called uh the Farne islands it's um place in uh northern england Okay. On the, east coast. And on the east coast, and there's some little rocks that stand out um, on the east, northeast coast, uh, and they get battered by the um, North Sea currents and um, quite strong. And they are absolutely surprisingly quite full of wrecks as well. There's about mm -hmm. 240 wrecks all dotted around these um, islands. Not very big. There's a, on there. There's a, an old church. Lighthouse. Mainly puffins, wow. uh, but also well, very well known for playful seals. And that if you ever dive in the UK, it's one of the top uh, top places in the UK to go diving. The, the dives are really, great; they are really good. Get to experience that. That is that. I would lose my mind. Like, yeah. <laughs> but there is a rock dive, uh, a wall dive, and you. Uh, I was thinking about it, and you know starfish the whole lot and oh, um, that sounds fantastic that sounds yeah, fantastic. definitely yeah I'm I, when I, I um so I was talking to my cousin who again had mentioned and moved to the UK and I as soon as things open up a little bit more for us um I really want to plan a trip out there and so I'm I'm starting to gather information and research of these dive sites that sounds spectacular I guess that sounds if it's if it's is it exposed like do you dive it only at certain times or there are tides or yeah you need boats it's about um half an hour to 40 minutes boat ride out to it okay. but you the place called sea houses is where you you book your trips and things like that and then you um the, the boats uh, awesome. take you out for the day and that's uh, it's brilliant it's really good yeah yeah we're really lucky in the uk although I think probably the pandemic has made people realise exactly what a diverse uh, diving arena we've got around the UK. It's, it's yeah, very yeah. varied. So. That's actually great. You know, there's if there's anything that's come out of the pandemic, I think people realise what is what is in their own backyard, mm. right? Yeah. And and make you appreciate more what is in your own backyard and and what is available to you so it's sure. been certainly the case here even with diving the great lakes and um appreciating the beauty that we have here i think that's actually a good thing so yeah something yeah yeah. yeah yeah and while travel is so restricted it's it, you know it's people's choice they've either got to dive here or they don't dive at all basically exactly yeah. i found um We've, we've found at the shop that people who normally only ever go down south are 
are upping their training. They want to learn to dive in the dry suit. They want to dive the beautiful sites that there are here. So that's actually a good thing, you know, um, improving your, your diving abilities um, and then supporting the local markets. It's always a good thing. Mm. Yeah. 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 Your painting, what was like the first one you done? What got you started? Yeah. Uh, sharks. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I have a painting, um, in my other room. I, it's a big one. It's, um, probably five by seven feet. And I started, I was, had always been fascinated by sharks and, you know, tried to learn as much about them and had been a little bit fearful of them, but, the, the first time I dove in the water and, and saw sharks and then it came around and I'm kind of like, uh, you know, you know, a deer in the headlights, <laughs> I'm just so enamored with them. But I realized, wow, these things are so incredibly elegant in the water and streamlined and they just turn on a dime and it, it was in the Bahamas and it was just incredible. So that was kind of one of my first paintings of the water world and I painted that and kind of fish circling them around and I enjoyed that. And then I didn't, I didn't think, you know, I thought it'd be weird to paint the water world in all honesty. I didn't, I'm like, Oh, a fish and Rex. I really want to do that. And my, um, the artist at the studio that I was painting at, she really, she, she really encouraged me to just paint what I love, just paint what you love. And so I did it. And I realized, wow, you know, this is somewhat therapeutic. And when I shared it again, I was kind of just in awe of people's reactions because it really brought home the fact that we're very lucky as divers to experience these things because the majority of people do not. So for, for them, it actually was really great for me to be able to answer questions and kind of share the magic of the under underwater world. And the more I painted the underwater stuff, I haven't actually painted anything but the underwater world since, since that time. <laughs> so it's been quite a while now. And uh, I'm actually, you know, there's still so much, there's still so much to share and, and, and paint and dive, which is what I'm looking forward to. But um yeah, I forget the question now, but <laughs> yeah. so in terms of obviously you've got a website with um, prints and originals for sale. Do they go all over the world? Have you got? They have. They've I've uh, gone to the US. They've gone to Europe. Um, uh, those are kind of the main areas, and and obviously in Canada locally for for both the prints and the original artwork. Um, I learned a lot because I didn't know anything about the art business and I'm still learning about the art business, the business side of things. So I learned about shipping. I learned about duty. I learned, I learned about like packaging, um, properly packaging uh, artwork up so that it isn't damaged in transit. Um, The supply chain of like, how much do I order versus uh, what's going to be stuck in my garage for years and years. So um. I've been lucky that I've had support from all over the world for my art, like, again, mind blowing to me, but 
you know, if people connect with the, the water world and connect with the art, I think that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah it's great. You know, imagine, you know, having a picture like that in your house and it's just like a constant reminder of the underwater world. It's, yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have to admit, like the, the one painting I did recently that was in the um, Conception Art Show, um, which I actually shared on Facebook. I think that's when um, uh, Ian reached out, but that one I've had, I haven't uh, shipped it off yet. I haven't delivered it. it. It has been sold, but I've been really enjoying having that one in my home. <laughs> usually I paint them and then they go, they're, they're gone. So yeah. I've, I've actually really enjoyed having that one. Um, I'm, but I'm going to get that ready to go soon, get it packaged up and deliver it. Who you sport that might be listening. Be <laughs> I wonder why she hasn't sent that yet. Now we know the cat's out of the bag's too late. <laughs> well, I, I, I had to have it photographed properly. That's the other thing I'm learning to do properly is invest the time to, to photograph the work properly before they go so that I have a, a, a high quality record of it as well. And then in some cases where um, of the, that painting in particular of the, the, the deck of the Fujikawa Maru in Truck Lagoon, that's the one. Mm -hmm. um, I've had so much interest with that as a print that uh, I will be doing a print run of that one. So not all of them. It's it's. I'm, I don't do print runs of all the paintings, but certainly the ones that there is a lot of interest in, I will. Yeah. yeah. So you went to Truck Lagoon. Yes. Yes. Enjoy um. Pardon me. You enjoyed it. It was really good. Time. Oh my gosh! It, yeah. I, again, um, <laughs> it's it's two dives in one because you do the wreck. You penetrate the wreck. You just like mind blowing and then you come out and then it's the reef it's the artificial reef and the life on there and you you deco up a lot of them a lot of them are upright not all of them but a lot of them are upright so when we're doing deco we're decoing up the masts as we right. go wow. and the masts are covered in marine life in soft and hard corals and then there's this fish swirling all around them so it's just never a dull moment like never it's never boring. It's I, I just was in awe of the wrecks there and the history. I learned so much about history. In fact, a, a lot of a lot of my interest in history has continued only because of diving, to be honest, because I would read a lot about these dive sites and the locations and um, the, the truck lagoon. The story of Truck Lagoon was just incredible on both sides, you know, um, lots of sacrifices on both sides. But absolutely incredible diving we I, we were so uh in love with that area that part of the world the history the wrecks the people out there in in Micronesia that we booked a bikini atoll trip which has been bumped because of the pandemic but hopefully we'll be able to get onto some of those wrecks next year um I highly recommend them and you know Ideally, you're decompression certified. Um, however, there were a handful of recreational divers who dove those wrecks um, in a, a little bit more conservatively, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. They, they, the operation encouraged um, not just a 15-foot safety stop for them, but safety stops at different depths yeah. um, and just to be on the, to err on the safe side for them. And uh, 
Uh, well, the trouble is you're so far away from everywhere, aren't you? There, yeah. yeah. If something do go wrong, it's you know, it's that's not just you. It's the whole boat, and you know, exactly. Long, it's a commitment. Well, like, yeah, it's a big commitment. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, even bikini was you know that bikini atoll is even further, right? And you're on a liveaboard there. You're hours away from anything. So it's kind of like a commitment of okay, this. I understand the risks involved. And, and if anything happens, it is what it is. It's part of the dive life, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you take that into consideration, obviously, and you dive. I, I'm, a, I'm a very, very conservative diver. I, I always on the air of, of conservatism. So you do what you can each and every dive. Yeah. You, you never know what's going to happen, but, you know, you, you keep safe practices up and hopefully everything goes well, especially but- when you go out to, to those areas. Yeah. yeah. But there's boats there that, you know, that have been fundamental in parts of history that you've read about. If you if you ever look up, you know, uh, Second World War history and some of these boats, um, you know, at the end of it were towed there and put there. And that was all part of the test. And it's just like, you know, you can go dive and see some of these boats, which were all, you know, pivotal boats of history. Exactly. You know, exactly. Go, go on there. Um, it- so, yeah awesome to see it is it is really it's really something it is mind-blowing i mean i've never seen tanks never mind seeing them underwater so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've never i have no business being around tanks but my first time seeing a real tank was underwater <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> yeah it's crazy isn't it it's just it's just another dimension of, yeah yes I, th- I wish, I, I think people would take care of the water much more if they could experience it really. Yes. So, you know, if, if, it, if painting these places means that people become curious, they ask questions, then that's fantastic, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which kind of brings us on to a good, good question, really. So, you know, if you could take, uh, let's say, three people into the water and take them down, who would you take? I would take my dad because he was born on an island and I think he would get a kick out of seeing what's underwater. And I think he'd be game, to be honest. Um, I would take, it's a good question. I would take my nephew. He's a little young, but if I could, he, I would take my nephew. He's only just turning four, but he's very, very curious. He loves the water. He, he's just in the backyard at, at his, my parents, his grandparents and playing in the, in the pool, like a fish, I would take him because he's very, very curious about the water. Mm-hmm. And then third person, who would I take with me? That's a good question. Um, oh, I'd probably take my best friend. Yeah. She, she, um, my best friend, Leslie, she, She's always down for any adventure. We have these wonderful girl trips all over the world. <laughs> she she puts up with my, uh, hey, why don't we go snowshoeing in the mountains? <laughs> She's always just, a, she'll do it. But um, I think I would love to bring her down. She got as far as uh, Discover Scuba Diving in Hawaii with me and uh, hasn't been underwater since, but I think I would really love to, to be able to share that with her since we've Why haven't she followed on? I don't, I, okay, I will share this, but we had a little bit of a mishap and uh, okay. 
the, because we were with a discover scuba dive. So I was certified at the time already. And there were two other divers with me that were DSD divers. <laughs> and, and there was another, it was a large group that broke up in two and we went with one guide and they went with the other guide and, um, we, we were swimming along and I think the guide, the dive master, there was miscommunication and he went one, told us to stay here or, and he went off and then never came back. And it was just one of these things. So, you know, waited, just kind of looking around because there were beautiful turtles everywhere. And I thought, oh, that's not good. I don't know where we are. And, uh, I'm not going to be responsible for these divers. And then, so we just like, okay, well, we don't know where we are. We could have drifted off. We're in the, in the current and we decided to go up. So we kind of did a nice ascent and everybody was calm. I, I, my best friend Les and the, the other girl that we were with was very calm. And then uh, we, we got to the surface and we see the dive boat way, way over there. And you know, we're like signaling to come get us. And so she, she's like, this was just like in the movie. <laughs> but I said to her, you're fine. Like we got to see turtles and you know, I didn't want to alarm her or anything, but it's just one of those things. And, and the, the, uh, the dive guide was saying, oh yeah, I went to go tell the other guide we were going to go. And I turn around, you guys were gone, but that area had currents. So we were, we stayed together. We just kind of drifted <laughs> off. So it was, uh, I think I had only been a certified a year at that point. And um, we were already having adventures like that. So she was, she hadn't been back in the water again since, uh, she likes to joke around about that, but I think she will again, because yes, her son is also very interested and he's old enough now that he can do it. So I think if he does it, she'll do it again. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it all takes all sorts, doesn't it? So it's just yeah. one bad experience. And, yeah. but it's it was, it was, um, and it was, um, well, it was in Hawaii and it was beautiful. So we laugh about it now. We laugh about it. It's one of those things, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. So another um, question we ask our guests is if you had a billboard that you could put out to the whole world and it could be words or it could be an image just to get a message that's important to you, to the world around us, what would you do or say? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Um, I think because I live uh, on the Great Lakes and we are one of the, lar the largest supply of fresh water in the world, I would say um, something to the effect of what you put in the water ends up here mm -hmm. and show them like a beautiful like up in Tobermory, it's, it's absolutely stunning. And mm -hmm. the, the wreck diving up in Tobermory is pristine and beautiful. And it would be such a shame for, you know, whatever you put in the water to end up there. So I think people don't realize the, the, the impact that they have mm -hmm. anytime anything is discarded, anytime anything is poured down the toilet or the drain. Um, and if they could see that somehow, then I think people hopefully would change their behaviors because I think when you're not connected to it, yeah. doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, obviously we can see the trees and the land around us, but the people that don't go under the water, seeing that life 
and landscape underwater, it probably is, they just see the water on top, but they don't see below, do they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Or you could so, paint a picture. There, there you go. You could paint a picture. I thought of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, that would be insane. If I could see one of my paintings on a billboard, that would actually be quite insane. You never know. You never know what the future holds. Big. I have to think big. Yeah. Think big. Right. So do you, is it actually your business now? Do you make a business out of a career out of your art? Yes. So um, last year I transitioned into it full time. I knew that if I, was doing this on the side, I would never really, it would never really be what I wanted it to be. And I would never be able to commit the time um, to the, to the kind of painting I wanted to do without it, because, you know, after a full day of working, sure. I still had some energy, but I just wasn't making the same um, kind of progress in my painting and in my art as I did when I actually left and pursued it full time. So it's kind of scary. And strange timing with the pandemic but you know do what I can and try and be creative in how I show my work like um you know I'm thinking of having an outdoor show maybe even at the dive shop so it's dive related in the back because the the property at the dive shop is quite large or I've even you know showed my work in the back of the pickup truck (laughs) (laughs) whatever whatever it takes to keep going um I have to do it. So, you know, I just, uh, it's the, the pandemic was hard, has been challenging to stay motivated and stay inspired. But I think now that it's warmed up again, the sun is shining for more than you know, three hours a day. It's, it's great to feel that momentum again. And I really want to really give it my all in terms of pursuing it full time. It has been my dream since I was really little. So I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah. That's brilliant. Really good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, if people who are listening to this um, and they're now hearing about you for the first time, if they've got um, a video or a photo of one of their dives that they particularly love and that's always been a thing for them and they're thinking, hey, this is really good, why don't we get Grace to do a picture of it they could email that to you and say, please, could you and commission that artwork with you? Yep, I have had I've had commissions along those lines. And I like to have conversations with people so that yeah. I, I understand what the significance is. I've actually even painted um, the cenotes in Mexico and not from an underwater perspective, from like somebody just about to jump into it, for example. And you can see oh, the walls and the vines trailing down. But I had a conversation with her and she, she, I got the sense of why it was important to her and what her impression was of it, because it's not enough for me to just want, want to recreate a picture. Like that's not the motivating factor. I don't derive any excitement or joy from that. It's the, what is the meaning behind this? And what was your impression of it? What was, what stands out in your mind? So I've certainly worked on commissions in that way where, um, or so for example, if they're crazy about um, manta rays or something, what is it about that? Is it, you know, the gliding or the spots and how 
how distinct the spots are on those eagle rays, the spotted eagle rays. But there's a, there has to be something that I can connect with as well. Otherwise, I don't think it will come through in a painting in terms of the joy that they had when they experienced it. Yeah. It's real heart and soul stuff, isn't it? It's- yeah, I mean, it's it for me, I really have to have a connection with it and get into it. Otherwise, it can just feel like I'm just reproducing something. Yeah. yeah someone you know but if I understand what it was that you fell in love with what it what it was that um you were in awe of or motivated you or what was special to you about it then it becomes meaningful for me then I can paint it yeah yeah no that's good to hear and it makes it more of a meaningful picture for that person then doesn't it yeah yeah kind of convey yeah. that communication to you and you've created yeah it should have a story shouldn't there should be a story it's, behind it. exactly what's the story behind it so so anything any um you know commission i understand what it is that that uh like even if even if it's a picture that they haven't necessarily provided but they'll say you know i love wreck diving but i also love the reefs and how they become artificial reefs. Mm-hmm. And I love all the color and the light. Then I, I have something tangible, like, cause I know what they're talking about. I know that magical moment when you, when you descend and, and then you see the wreck and then you see the details and all of the artificial, um, the, the artificial reef and the life that it has on it. I, I understand yeah. where they're coming from. And it doesn't matter that it's not a named wreck per se. It is, the experience of diving a wreck in salt water with beautiful marine life all over it. It's quite difficult when you think about it. And I'm just trying to put myself in your position because I was thinking if someone did send you a picture and they are, and they tell you the story, somehow you've got to put life <laughs> into a painting. And that's yeah. not easy when you think about it. That's, that's and- why the conversation is so important <laughs> because if I can hear you getting excited about something and I I can I file it away and I'm like okay they were really blown away by this part of it or it was the color of the water that blew their mind or it was just there's something I get them to talk about the experience of it and then I feel their excitement and I understand why yeah so doing a a painting um how long what's the time scale from actually putting sort of brush on the canvas so to speak is it kind of straight in do it finish it or is it kind of a timely process um it uh, so I start with sketches first and probably from the time that I do the sketches to the time it's completed it depends on the size um although that's not always the case because sometimes it I just don't want to stop and I'll just keep going and going and going but I I try and give myself about a month to complete a commission because there are drying periods where I need it to fully dry before I do the next layer, especially with the glazes, especially if you want that translucent look um, and it's almost transparent, you need the glaze, the glaze to dry in between periods. So acrylics, it's not as long a drying period as oils, but I do like that to dry. And then I tend to sit with things a while and I'll just sit and stare at it until I figure out what it needs next. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a real process. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, people want to find out more about you. Where's the best place to go? Is it your website, or have you got 
um, other social media sites? Um, I have, yeah, I have the website, which is my gracemarquezstudio.com. Um, that's more of a, a general place to start. I also have my Instagram profile. So I have two because I didn't know how to combine them. <laughs> but one, because sometimes, you know, somebody who's interested in my art necessarily doesn't want to hear about, you know, my dog being at the dive shop. So um, I have my scuba duba doo, which is like uh, my, <laughs> oh gosh, this is what happens when you start a social media profile years and years ago and then end up keeping it. <laughs> all right. uh, it's all coming out now. So the scuba duba do is my scuba diving profile, and that's where I have my uh, my my own training. So I I share anything that has to do with the dive life. You know, working um, as an instructor, uh, going on the trips and travel with students, anything to do with the dive life, really. And then um, my Grace Marquez Studio is actually my art profile, which I am. Um, tending with a little bit more care these days and trying to set aside some time to actually update it um, so that there's a lot more work on there and my process. It's crazy. Like I have to, you kind of have to be a social media manager and a videographer and well, you guys know, you guys know, right? So you kind of have to wear all the hats. And so um, Grace Marquette Studio is dedicated strictly to the art. And so that's where I keep all my process um, videos where if you want to see kind of what I'm painting on next, but not necessarily the big reveal yet, that's where things are. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, really good. And people can order prints on there as well. Yeah, you can DM me if there's a print that you're interested in. Um, I would like to eventually make my uh, Grace Marquez studio profile uh, have the ability to actually shop directly versus DMing me and then I manually do the yeah. order. But um that's coming as I learn more about the art business side of things. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, obviously the podcast will expose you a bit more to maybe people that haven't heard of you, which is- That would be cool. wonderful. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I, I love what you guys are doing with this. And I certainly learned a lot listening to your podcast. And I actually Googled some of the locations that you guys were talking about just to see. And I like that it's not just divers that you are appealing to or- targeting it's it's just anyone who might be interested even in what's going on underwater or what what divers do and what are the possibilities because I think sometimes people need to see things several times or hear things several times before they give it a go yeah so the more the more they can kind of get a sense of what uh diving entails that it's not as scary as as they might think I mean you know baby steps into the water and I've seen some divers who are absolutely terrified um, overcome that fear learn to swim and yeah. then learn to dive and, and actually improved their confidence through diving so there's so many benefits to it and, and I love that you guys uh, target your contents to to divers and non-divers yeah. yeah and we try we do try to do that and um you know, uh, we don't obviously appeal to everybody. It's difficult to do. You know, it's impossible. But um, I think we've always gone along the basis and that if we can play a tiny, tiny little part in somebody thinking, hey, 
you know, this scuba diving business, let's give it a go and see what it's all about, then it's kind of job done. You know, we've done our bit, our bit for that. And, you know, let's pull, push some attention to what's going on underwater on the environment side of things as well, then great, you know, um, so be it. So that's what yeah. we hope. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. just another subject, you know, that just might give people, like you say, the confidence hearing different sides of people that are divers or have connection to the water yeah. might kind of inspire them to, yeah, dip their toe in the water. And, and Yeah. And one of the reasons why we want to get you on as well is that you show uh, another avenue of where diving can take you. You know, when you learn to dive, you know, it's this great sport that we all love, uh, you know, and I've known through uh, my uh, people I've got to uh, speak to in diving and through the dive master stuff, you know, you, you people come along and all of a sudden they learn to dive. And then before you know it, they're on to doing other things. Mm. In a couple of years' time, you find out they're abroad and they're doing yeah. like going following their dreams of working on a liverboard, or um, they're then um, going to be marine biologist or something like that. You you never know where diving takes you. And with you, you learn to dive. And you're now following your dreams as an artist and you're doing that as a as your job. And that, and how cool is that? Yeah. Really? And I, I think I don't think I would have actually pursued my dream to be an artist were it not for the diving, to be honest, yeah. because I don't think that what I was painting had had that level of meaning for me that diving has brought it and being able to see these places mm-hmm. that brings meaning to, to what I paint. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It's really good. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, diving is very inclusive of everything and everyone, and that's yeah. the great thing about it as well. It is, yeah, yeah, that's that's a wonderful thing. I was just talking to someone about how most of my very close dive buddies I never would have met were it not oh. for diving because yeah. we are all from different tracks of life, different industries, but diving all brought us together and it's unexpected but it works and and it's just been a blessing like that yeah 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 and you know doing the podcast we've spoken to so many amazing people you know names people know but then people you know they're just passionate about diving or the watery world it's just yeah. Ian Travis who come on the other day and he and he just wanted to tell us all about diving off North Carolina and the 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 graveyard of the Atlantic, you know, and he was just absolutely like, he loved his diving off off that coast and the wrecks and the things like that. And he was like, he wanted to share that with us. And uh, and that was just great to get him on, you know, and that was brilliant. There's, there's, there's so much to see still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and it wasn't until diving, because I used to be like a space freak. I still am a space freak, but it wasn't until diving that I realized there's so much to see still here on this planet, like so much undiscovered still. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. I actually want to like drain the oceans and see what. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And, and you know, what's, you know, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this too, when you're diving and, you know, you can almost see what it would have been like without the water there and Mm. how it would have been used or, a trail or, or natural steps or unnatural steps. Like maybe this wasn't natural and yeah. it's, it's just fascinating. Yeah. So 
It really is, yeah. So, yeah, and it's it's just something new every time you talk to someone or when you get in the water. It's never the same, is it? No, no. never. And now I'm I'm actually looking forward to to diving around the coast yeah. <laughs> where you guys are. Very very interested. Yeah, some lovely dives around this way and, uh, you know, up the north and that is, uh, is brilliant. But anyway, thank you very much for, you know, for coming on. It's been absolutely brilliant. And Thank um, you guys for having uh, me. Good to yes. talk about yeah, diving. Thank you and so much. This was really fun. I loved chatting with you guys and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you for having me. Welcome back. What do you think, Jim? Oh, it was really good. Yeah, just lovely, fun character. Yeah, yeah it is. And... Um, I want to say thank you very much for uh, Grace for coming on and uh, sharing sharing her story with us and uh, her art. It was a you know really positive, fun conversation. I enjoyed that, and uh, it's great to have uh, someone like Grace on. It's yeah. why we do what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Grace is the first artist we've had on, isn't she? Uh, no, because uh, Simon Morris. Oh yeah, we're still. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think Simon would argue quite strongly that he is an artiste as well. Yes, yes. Sorry, Simon. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's been been really good, and um, I liked her Instagram name. That's really cool. <laughs> Scooby Doo, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. That's brilliant. Now, how easy is that to remember as well? <laughs> Everyone loves Scooby Doo. Yeah. So, and she's got another Instagram account where it's more about Grace and her dog. So you can look, the note the link is in the show notes as well. So yeah, yeah. but the yeah, main thing is yeah, hop over to her website and have a look at all her um, creations and yeah, it's just amazing and yeah, might even inspire other people to think. Yeah, it is. I, I love that and I love the fact that it's you know, um, she, it's diving once again has inspired somebody to go down this whole route of. Where it, wherever it goes. You know, remember when we spoke about doing a podcast and one of the things I always said to you was, you know, no boundaries. You all, we just go with it, you know, yeah. and either will just collapse, no. right, unfortunately, <laughs> but things do, projects do, you know, or it will build. And luckily enough, ours has been building and, and you, we just go with it, you know, because yeah. if you get out set out with um, boundaries that can limit things. And, you know, uh, Grace has gone with that, isn't it? And it's a big step, you know, it's a big step from going from when having a job uh, and then thinking, hey, actually, maybe I have got something uh, and turning that into a business and living on it. It's a big old step, you know, to to leap the leap of faith as a giant or as as we say in the dying world, as a giant step, giant stride into the... (laughs) I know. Yeah, but it shows that she's got the passion and the confidence knowing it has, and she certainly has. Yeah. So, and obviously, support from people that obviously love her paintings. Yeah. So, if you're looking for a bit, looking for some artwork, and she does ship internationally, Mm -hmm. um, you know, go to her website, have a look, and there is some lovely. And what I'll tell you, another thing I liked about the paintings is that they are light. They're not all like dark and some some waterworks and things of underwater that can be quite dark, some photos and things. But that, it's all really light. And I think um, that's really good. I like that. And if you're listening, check out the social media posts, our social media posts, and there'll be some examples of her paintings on there. 
yeah so if you're into diving you should like this there we go that's what i'm saying yeah yeah so another great podcast and thank you for grace for joining us yeah brilliant thank you very much so coming up on this next episode uh we've got um straight off the hot of the press somebody some people who are like in the news at the moment uk based uk based yeah so we are talking to the guys uh, and the founder of Blue Abyss, um, who can't wait to uh, share that with you. And uh, going to be really fun and hearing all about their project and what they've been up to. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we've got John Vickers. Yeah. And Emma Farrell, who Emma Farrell is from the free diving world, um, who's helped out on the Olympics Um top British free diver instructor. Um, she's a, an author of a book called One Breath, a reflection on free diving, um, been diving for, free diving for about 20 years. Mm. And, uh, you know, she helped out on the Paralympics, um, that side of things as well. So uh, phenom- phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> I know. And I didn't even practice that one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a you know an amount of experience that Emma brings, and um, you know John Vickers has been involved in a lot, and there's a big major project going on. It's even made it to the Cornish newspapers, hasn't it? Cornish Times, well, and the Guardian, that, sort of came up on Google. Right about the Guardian, but if it's made it to the Cornish Times, that's that's like big time, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, and uh, Tim Peake has got some involvement with it as well. The- I believe Andy Corbett has as well. And yeah. a few other people, so, um, yeah, so interesting. We'll hear about the project, but we'll also hear about their background to their diving journey as well. And yeah, yeah, we've only gotten for a short period of time, so this episode will be a bit of a short one. Um, but hopefully, we can get them back at a later date for a bit mm-hmm. more um, once the project gets going and things like that. Really, yeah, for updates. Yeah, so so that's episode seventy-eight. Danny will so. Thank you very much for downloading. Thank you very much for listening to us waffle on, but thank you very much, more importantly, for listening to Grace. Um, you know, and do share. Don't forget we've got the bat phone. The bat phone is always out there uh, to leave us messages on or, or contact us. And hopefully we'll be dying very soon. Yeah. yeah. Apart from that, I want to say thank you very much. Again, we can't do this without your lovely support. Yeah, and we're always here if you want to chat to us or make any comments. Yeah, certainly, certainly are. So, uh, and don't forget to just uh, let us know what you think, what torch, what dive computer Gemma should go for. What's yeah. your views? <laughs> yeah, so we might have an update that update on that next episode. Yeah, come on, let's hear from you. We want to hear from you. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, thanks for downloading, everyone, and we'll see you on the next one. Then you will, and enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. Yeah. Cheerio. Cheerio. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation, and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone and the number is plus four four 
7810 We will always respond promptly and thank you once again for downloading this episode.